Hello and welcome to Randy Rugby Podcast. My guest today is Raheem Bashir, who is what I would say uh, is a sports enthusiast, but also a sports blogger. And he has excellent blogs on all the sports and it seems like right across the whole spectrum. So I want to welcome Raheem to the show. How are you today, Raheem? Uh, I'm doing well, thanks. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about you and why you started blogging about sports? So I graduated from uh, George Brown College in digital media marketing program. And then a few months afterwards, I, I think I was looking for a job. And then I um, saw the um, application for last one on sports to kind of apply for. So I applied for last one on rugby. Um, and then later on I got, because I got to last one on rugby, I got into um, last one on basketball and last one on soccer. Sounds like a good beginning and you sort of maybe just, uh, things sort of clicked for you. Now, are you, what are you currently doing? So, I'm currently uh, a blogger for Last Run Sports for both codes of rugby, basketball, and soccer. I'm also doing um, volunteer work for uh, Youth Link Youth Services, which is helping people um, in terms of uh, troubled or homeless youth in Scarborough. So, I I do their Pinterest account. All right, now and I used to do uh, work for them uh, a few years ago. It's good to hear. I grew up in Scarborough, and I know even when I grew up there, there was problems for youth finding a place where they belong. I, it's sad to see that uh, I moved out of there probably in the late 70s, early 80s, but to see that there's still need for that out there, outreach, some programs for young people. And I think we can find that right across the whole city. And sports is a a good way for them to sort of get involved. And we need to, I think, both uh, municipally and federally, provincially, spend a little bit more money in youth programs, especially with sports. It helps build leadership skills and a feeling of belonging. And I think that's one of the issues that I find within, uh, even when I was growing up, uh, you know, I, I was growing up in the... I call it the projects, but on housing at the time. And I've seen that a lot of these young people were looking for something, looking for a family, looking for feeling of belonging, and sometimes it steered them the wrong way. I know in one area there was a community group with uh, some parents got together, and they put together an arts and craft program to try to help the kids at least have something to do after school. And that seemed to work out while I lived out there. But I don't know whatever happened to it as we moved away. But that's good that you're involved there and you're helping. Now, as this is a rugby podcast, I want to talk a little bit about, maybe pick your brain a little bit about what is happening in rugby. I know the pandemic has really thrown every, every idea, every concept they had right out the window. And our Toronto Arrows had to play in the States. Um, and the fact that the Toronto Wolfpack uh, were forced to stay in England and because of the cost that would cost them to play there, the ownership decided to pull them from that league. But we have some sunshine, or as I say, the light at the end of the tunnel is we have the NARL 
supposed to be starting, and hopefully we have the Canada Cup this year with uh, Ottawa Aces and the Toronto Wolfpack. And then in 2022, I believe the CCCRL is looking at having a tournament style at Lamport Stadium here in Toronto. The following year, they will actually have their inaugural season. So what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think they're both very important. I'll talk about the CCCRL first. I think what is significant is that they're doing both men and women. If you look um, specifically female sports um, across all sports, there's not really a league as much. Like there's not even um, looking at other sports. There's not even a women's like soccer league uh, where they won gold, obviously, um, in the Olympics. So there is a huge advantage with having a female rugby league. I think that the CCCRL are doing things correctly. They are like they're not rushing it. They're they're promoting and marketing the league in order to generate traction, like how they introduce the eastern cities. They're not they're doing it really smartly. The NARL has more potential. I think the one thing that the NARL did was that they tried to rush the season this year. I think if they did this, if they just decided to say we'll start in 2022, you promote the team, you promote the players. For example, the Wolfpack did that when they were founded in 2016. Um, they promoted the team, they promoted the players uh, a year in advance. In fact, I think the Ottawa Aces were doing a similar thing until the pandemic hit. They were introducing the players. They introduced Laura Fessener as the uh, head coach of the Ottawa Aces. So it's all. I think it's all about promoting because um, you may not get a second chance to basically promote your league in, in um, North America or in Canada. Well, thank you for that. And I agree that we'll just we'll jump a little bit about the fact that the CCCRL is going to have both women's and men professional rugby here in Canada. It's it's a first, I think, in North America. It might be a first in the world. I'm not sure. Well, not really in the world because I know in in uh, Australia they have a women's league and they have a men's league, but I don't think they get the same, I guess, marketing, promotion, the women's season seems to be shorter than the men's season, and there's less TV focus or media focus on the women's aspect of the game. I did watch uh, a CBC interview uh, with the uh, the captain of the Canadian women's team and their goalie. The goalie was talking about how do we go or where do we go from here uh, when it comes to soccer in Canada, and I agree 100% with her in the fact that she says. We need a professional women's league, a place where young women, girls that are playing the sport can look up and say, I want to do this professionally one day. This is going to be my job. Not once every four years that they get to go to the Olympics or I guess they have the World Cup if they make the World Cup. So I agree with that. Now, I believe the philosophy of the CCR, CCCRL, that's a tongue twister in itself, but uh, to explain to our audience a little bit what that is, is a cooperative championship league 
cooperative means. There's going to be input by ownership by the fans. And there's going to be, from my understand, two tiers of ownership. There's going to be, um, and I really don't understand the concept of that, but two tiers, just board meetings, not board meetings, but AGMs you'll be invited to. And you'll help, be able to help steer that league. And that is great for uh, people to have a stake in, not just in coming to watch the game and rooting for their team, but actually help building the league right across Canada. As I said earlier, the CCCRL did a great job in promoting the eastern cities. And we're waiting on Bended Ear to hear where the three western teams are going to be located. I know there's been some suggestion, and I've seen some tweets by uh, Sandy Shipley, and I've also, some other people in social media have talked about uh, their expectations for the league and where it's going to go. I'm just, I just wanted to be here. You know, it's, it's been long enough that we missed the Toronto Wolfpack. They had a great fan base here in Toronto built up by great promotions, great media coverage. And it took a while for even the newspapers to catch wind and sort of start reporting on what was going on. But I think they got the right people um, in the head office to get in touch with those people and bring light to the sport. Uh, when you can bring 10,000 people to a game that's basically brand new, like a lot of people know union rugby, but a lot of people didn't understand the concept of league rugby. So I was a big fan. I was there uh, at season tickets. So I was waiting for them to get to Super League, which they did. And we know the rest is history. Now, you want to comment on anything about the previous Toronto Wolfpack, or do we want to stay focused just on the new NARL and the CCCRL? I'm going to focus on the previous Wolfpack and the NARL. I think um, the Wolfpack, they, they, in terms of promotions, they were very, very good at it. Um, I won't get too much into it, but there was some issues with Super League with the uh, distribution money and um, it played a role in them kind of being forced into the NARL. Um, I think the most important thing is that the Wolfpack are still around. I think that is the most important part. In terms of the NARL, most of the initial media reports seem to be from the two Canadian teams in the NARL, which is um, good in Canada. Eric Perez, I've seen a, a few newspapers with Eric Perez talking in the Ottawa newspapers and a lot of um, obviously on the NARL and even the CCCRL in the Toronto newspapers. So I feel like um, those two markets will generate, might, will probably generate high revenue and attendance for the um, NARL. I want to agree with you on that and the fact that, and I hope I'm not saying this out of turn, but I do believe the American sports market is saturated. Uh, most of the people are either, one of three types of fans are either baseball, football, which is the majority I would say, and then basketball. Hockey, yes, hockey's there, but it probably, I would say in my opinion, just as a observer, would probably be in fourth place. 
But then you're bringing in the NARL, which is more like a community. Community has to get behind them. Once a community does, and they can build that up, then they might get national recognition in the U.S. Um, there's another league in there. I think it's the U.S. Uh, USRL or something like that, USARL or something like that. So there's going to be competition in, in the States with the NR, NARL. I know with the Western Division uh, in the States, it was all new teams except for one. So they are really, you know, when you start from scratch, you got to, you know, where am I getting my players from? Where am I going to get my fans from? Where am I going to get funding from? So that is also a concern about the league progressing. Where we already had the Ottawa Aces under Eric Perez, they were destined to go to the RFL in England. Because of this whole COVID thing, they decided not to go over this past year. I guess they really couldn't, if you think about it. Uh, so they were talking about when this opportunity came up to play in the NARL, they said, sure, but they still have their sights set on the RFL if they can get there. So, and the Toronto Wolfpack, like I said, I believe the the people that took over the intellectual property of the Toronto Wolfpack also have contacted the people that were involved in it before behind the scenes. So people looking after public relations, player personnel, stuff like that. They, they've reached out to them, I believe. I don't know for, for 100%, but I believe they've reached out to them and they're behind the scenes working on it right now. And that's why, as you said earlier, the ones that seem to be promoting the league right now are both the Canadian clubs because we know how to do it. We got the Toronto Wolfpack that have been around for, like you said, founded in 2016. And the, the man who sort of helped founded, found us, Eric Perez, He's over there with the Ottawa Aces. So who else? You get these people who know how to promote these teams. And that's where, like you said, all the media feeds or social media posts and stuff are coming from those teams. Ottawa Aces announcing their players prior to the season, building up that that anticipation of play. Are you anxious to see play? Rugby being played here in the city of Toronto. So yeah, uh, rugby league. Yeah, speaking with the NARL, I'll, I'll be happy when the Wolfpack start playing. Whether that's with fans or not with fans, it doesn't really matter. The main thing is that the Wolfpack have survived. That was the main concern for like a few months after they were denied entry back into Super League. So um, I think that will be interesting. I know Eric Perez talked about the Canada Cup. Um, yes. I, I don't. I, I'm assuming the Canada Cup is going to be within the NARL. I, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's going to be like an FA Cup format, or it's like going to be just a season between all the Canadian teams. Uh, uh, obviously, they might want to expand maybe to other cities in Canada the NARL. So, yeah, it's um, exciting times. Well, I know I'm a little anxious for the league to start. I live in Mississauga, not too far from the Brampton rugby fields. And I know that uh, there's been some posts there about tryouts, so I've tried to sneak up and see some stuff. Unfortunately, when I got up there, there was a movie taking over the uh, particular area, so that, that actually, that training... 
uh, tryout area was transferred to Tobico that specific night. But I know there is uh, games this uh, Saturday um, up the same field, starting off with the, um, I guess it's the Greybeards game, and then there's a women's game, and then right after that they're going to have a, they're calling it the Toronto Wolfpack game, and a lot of players might be picked out of that group. Um, it's just uh, a friendly match, I guess. Well, never when you get in rugby, it's never really friendly during the game. It is afterwards, but during the game, it's pretty rough. But uh, looking forward to seeing at least, even if it's just a practice game, moving in the right direction. Now, my question for you is. As we we're talking about rugby, um, do you have do you follow any other leagues? Like, do you follow any of the English leagues, Australian, anything like that? No, I just i I tend to follow basically the North American. So I follow Major League Rugby and where the Airwolves play. And um, I, I guess I used to follow Super League when the Wolfpack were there, the English system. That will probably be the only exception. Uh, I hear you there. I, to be honored with a fan, I was able to watch um, a couple of years ago a lot of the uh, Australian uh, rugby teams, the ARL, and I watched uh, Super Rugby uh, when I could. Um, still love, still love the sevens. I still love the nines. Um, any type of rugby I can watch, I will watch, and even if it's just in a replay. I'll watch it. I got hooked on to, and that's a funny how I sort of caught wind of uh, the Toronto Wolfpack because my nephew was playing rugby in high school just maybe five or six years ago, and they went on a tour to England and played some English teams over there, and I didn't think anything of it. And then what happened is I was in the travel business, and one of the people in our company was seen in a photograph uh, at a Wolfpack game. And I said, what the heck is Wolfpack? So I sent him a message right away. I said, okay, I just saw this picture. What is this Toronto Wolfpack? So he told me what it was. He says, you better come down to a game. So that was when they were playing the qualifiers. So I got down there and it was, I think I, every game they played there during the qualifiers, I went to see. And I fell in love with the sport. Right away, I had to get season tickets. As the... MRL announced that Toronto Arrows were going to have a team in Rugby Union. I said, oh my God, another format of rugby. i got to get season tickets. Wow. And on that, uh, I reached out to the team and said, look, I'm a photographer. I've been doing photography for 30 plus years. Is it possible to get access to the field? So they gave me a media pass to come down, and that was excellent to be able to cover the Toronto Arrows in their inaugural season, which they had a very successful season after they came home. Like, even on the road, eight games on the road, they came home, I think they were 4-4. Four and four. And then when they were home, they only lost one out of the eight that they played at home. So it would look very promising. And then, of course, we know what happened. They played, I think, four games in the States last year, 2020. And then COVID came along, canceled the season. This past season, they did play in the States with their home field being Atlanta, still traveling. They weren't as successful this year, but what can you ask for these players who 
you know, any sport, not just rugby, but any sport where you're quarantined as much as you are, you can't do this, you can't do that, and again, at the end of the day, you're expected to play a top-notch. I think it affects your mental health, and I don't think that was even talked about. Um, I know Bill Webb and I, uh, we know each other. As soon as we see each other, it's, you know, I've been in different situations where I recognize him, he recognizes me, but I don't think the team's really talked about the mental stress or the mental, uh, how it affects the players being away that, that that far, you know, like, so I don't know if you have any thoughts on that and if you've sort of heard anything or um, what your, what your thoughts are on about, say, their first season and this past season. Do you have any reason maybe why they weren't as successful this past year? Um, so talking about the Toronto era specifically, yes, you're right. They did well in 2019. They also started 2020 quite well. It was unfortunate that COVID ended it. I think they had like four wins, one loss. I might be wrong, but it was a very good record before COVID hit. I think 2021, I think there were two reasons. I think one of them is what you mentioned about the mental health. I think that was the main reason. I would say the second reason was that they lost a lot of close games. I don't know, maybe if they were at home and they were playing in Toronto, they could have won those games, those close games, like those seven, five-point games. It's not just the Arrows that suffered, though. It was other Canadian MLS teams that suffered and other Canadian teams in general. Look at the Raptors, for example. Two years ago, they won the championship. A year ago, they had the second best record in the league. Uh, and then they struggled and failed to make the playoffs this year. Toronto FC had a very good season. Um, quite surprising last year, considering what they had to go through. But yeah. this year, I think they're like bottom of the league or close to the bottom of the league. So um, it, it does affect the players and it does affect the performance. I know playing sports as a young person, having people in the audience, in the stands, supporting you in everything you do, when you're down and out, with you spent the last bit of energy you have, and hear the roar of the fans, it boosts you up. And as you said there, there are probably many games that Toronto Arrow sort of lost maybe in the last few minutes that they could have actually won. So I just want our listeners to hear from me personally, I give kudos to all the sports teams that have been competing during this tough time with the pandemic, the things that they've had to go through testing almost every day, um, isolation away from their families, that's got to take a strain on it. And I'm going to say, if you can go out and compete with all that, then you guys are amazing. Win or lose, you're out there competing, you're up there representing your team, your country, your city. So I want to thank you for doing that. Uh, the f and I think, you know, just the fans are anxious for them to come back. We, I know we had the Toronto FC come back, and they've had uh, some games at home with limited uh, amount of fans. Blue Jays are back home playing in the Rogers Center with, I think it's a capacity right now that they can have is 15,000. 
when you have a full house compared to 15,000, it sounds a lot better, but without fans, like I've seen some sports where they pipe in sound, but having real fans there, I think the, the players are performing better now that, like, especially Toronto Blue Jays are performing better that they've been able to play at home. So we, we are racing for uh, that final spot to get into the playoffs, the wild card. So I wish them the best again. So I know they're trying to get ahead of the Yankees there. Now, what got you into covering sports? Like, do you play sports as a young person, or is it just something that fell in your lap? I played as a goalie and defender for soccer uh, when I was, like, very, very young. Um, in primary school, I competed for one or two of their teams. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was, a, like, athletically a sports person, but I was very interested in sports. How I, like, soccer and basketball were the sports I grew up with, like, the ones I, like, I really, really liked um, growing up. Rugby league, um, like most people, I kind of, and also rugby union also I got into more recently. Uh, rugby league, I um, was, it was another postgraduate certificate, sport and event marketing. The first time I heard about them was when I was doing research for something for a group, for my group, for uh, basically the Toronto sports scenes that exist in Canada. And I saw the Wolfpack and I wrote, wrote a bit about them. And then I started watching them 2017, but I think it was 2018 when I really started to like rugby league. Um, it was like a more gradual thing. But and I started writing blogs for both the Wolfpack and TFC until like this was my own personal blog, and then like uh, I would like to say a year later, I think in 2019, I got involved with Last Word and Sport. Well, I think it's great what you do because uh, you have a different perspective on the games, and I appreciate what you do, right. Uh, for the show notes, I'm going to include where fans can actually, listeners, new fans, can actually find your work. Uh, it's been really interesting talking to you today about what we see about the future of the CCCRL and the NARL. I've, I've had some many discussions about the CCCRL with some people in my community. Uh, they're a little surprised that there's two British people trying to start up a Canadian League here in Canada but like I said who better than uh, with the people that know Rugby League and I know with Sandy especially her business sense um, her business credentials she's great as the uh, governor for the league Um, and I think taking baby steps is the way to go especially when we don't know when we will be out of this pandemic and when we can travel freely, when can we have stadiums full of people, when can we, you know, just travel in our own community with with a little bit more freedom. So I think they're doing the right thing there. The NARL, I know the two Canadian teams are doing the right thing, not to knock the league at all. I know there's a lot of struggles they've had to deal with. Uh, as you said earlier, I think one of the things is they tried to rush too fast before they had everything in place. A lot of it has to do with um, 
marketing and building uh, what I would say interest into the league. They got to keep that going. Fans will come, but if you stop letting them know about the league, they're going to move to something else because we're we're impatient people. We, you know, just look at the remote. We'll be at our TV, flip, 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 and we're not really watching anything. We spend more time flipping through channels, trying to find something that just might pique our interest at that right moment. So I always say when it comes to marketing, promoting a team, you got to keep it in the face of your potential audience. Uh, with your writings, you keep us up to date on the sport, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate you being on the show today. Do you have any final words you'd like to say to the listeners? I'll just mention that um, I guess the CCCRL and the NARL and even the MLR, if you look at uh, MLS, they began in the 1990s and now they're building large soccer stadiums that a lot like the teams are worth millions of dollars and I, I think for a lot of these leagues like the MLR like um, CCCRL like the NARL they are looking to somewhat replicate the success that the MLS had I appreciate you having me on this podcast and uh, uh, nice talking about uh, rugby well, I'm glad you could come on, and yes, uh, you know, the the model's already there, especially, like you said, the MSL, or MLS, sorry, MLS, Major League Soccer, because I know when they first started, all the owners were told, look, you're, you're not going to really make any money for probably the first five years. They took a risk, they took a gamble, and to get money to fund those teams, now that the league is so successful... And as you said, almost everywhere they're building new stadiums. The new one in uh, Los Angeles looks beautiful. I'd love to go down and visit that and watch a game there. Maybe Toronto and against uh, LA would be a good one. But uh, thank you for your time today. And I'll make sure that on the show notes we'll promote your blog, who you are, where people can find you. And also these leagues that we're talking about. Because listeners listening to this, if they're not if they're not familiar with these two leagues and they're listening to a rugby podcast, they're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> but I do thank you for your time.